multi-passionate is a lie. And for so many of you, I have been like, yeah, you can be multi-passionate. Thinking like, no. I want to talk about this today because this is actually something that I saw happen a lot last year that I kind of just kept my mouth shut and... Maybe it's the Lexapro. Maybe it's the newfound confidence. Maybe it's because I'm really fucking over it. But this is a conversation that needs to be had in a way that allows you to understand. And if you are someone who is multi-passionate, this may not be the place for you anymore. And that's okay. There are people who teach multi-passionate. There are people who identify as it. I am not one. I live by something very simple that was taught by my dad, one thing at a time. But I have also watched my dad build a very successful career around things that he likes, but it is not his whole personality. My dad did a job change in about 2004, and he went from being a trained electrical engineer to working in the internet, in software, and What people would say is that was a passion pivot, right? It wasn't. My dad saw an opportunity and he took it. And the thing was, is growing up, there weren't a lot of opportunities for us to be these multi-passionate people because there was a lot of power in spending time growing deep versus growing wide. Does that mean my parents made me do something over and over until I didn't like it? No, and I wish they kind of would. I wish they would have made me stick to something a little bit further. But there's a larger conversation around the dopamine of something new and your brand being a house, being these big opportunities. And there's not a conversation around, one, the opportunity cost that comes from constantly changing your niche and doing all these things. And two, the lack of sales from that. Something to consider is that Malcolm Gladwell in... Ooh, what book was it? The Tipping Point? I think it was The Tipping Point. He talked about 10,000 hours towards mastery. What a lot of you are not considering is that by changing your niche, by changing what you're doing, by changing your offer, by changing everything under the sun, you're not actually getting close to that mastery point. And while the dopamine is exciting because newness is always exciting and novelty and familiarity are different parts of the brain, novelty is an emotional uptick where familiarity is something that happens more in your frontal cortex, so it's not as exciting, there is a lack of mastery. And with that lack of mastery, that lack of depth, a lot of people get that initial uptick. They make the content, they feel the inspiration, they feel the motivation, and then you know what happens? is you do not get the instant gratification that you're expecting because instead of fixing the problems in your current business, you're starting a second business to now support the first business. I have also done this. Or you are now trying to do two things okay and not in a good manner. And the problem is, is that the online space is continuing to feed this idea that you just have the next evolution. You just have the next up level. That it's a part of the process. And where the conversation isn't talking about is that there's a self-identification happening of an entrepreneur where you're internalizing your failure and trying to change it so that it matches something new and exciting. And most entrepreneurs have ADHD, so that dopamine uptake is giving them the focus, it's giving the hyperfixation, it is giving the dopamine that when the dopamine wears off, you don't know how to sustain it, and so you just move to the next thing. Does this mean you can't have hobbies? No, 
That is not what I'm saying. I have hobbies. I also have a TikTok for books, but you know what? I don't create content consistently on there because I'm not trying to monetize my hobby because guess what? Not every hobby has to be monetized. You don't have to start yoga, love yoga, and then figure out how to be a yoga teacher. Not everything is a pipeline from enjoyment to monetization. And that's where I see a lot of problems inside the online spaces because people don't have hobbies just to have a hobby. There is not reading just for reading. It's how can I monetize this? How can I use an affiliate status? How can I do all of these things to then create another branch of income because my current branch of income is failing because I'm not actually sticking to the things that I should be doing. I am focusing on dopamine driven and then I'm also getting sick on top of it. I have seen this with clients who shit you not have changed their niche almost every month for a year inside a year program and when they have success they self-sabotage and they go up to a 10k month and then they come back down but the clients who consistently do something year after year who get known for it continue to build. The problem with multi-passionate is the problem with a lot of things we're talking about in the online space, it's requiring you to be on because now you're running two ventures versus one. It is a passion pivot that is driven in dopamine and that dopamine is going to wear off. And for some of you, it's going to feel like a roller coaster freefall. It is also not going deep in your information. The things I've learned about sales, the first year of business versus the fifth year of business, I would not be able to explain concepts the way that I do. If I was constantly moving from industry to industry, from niche to niche, from doing, you know, OBM to confidence to all these other things. And there's a lot of comparison happening. There is, I am doing something wrong in my business. And this is you speaking to yourself. I am doing something wrong. That person is seeing success doing that thing. I should go change to that thing. And you know what it negates? And it gets the fact that that person is working their ass off, they're creating a lot of content, they're showing up, they're honing in their coaching skills, and they're doing it. And that's the problem with multi-passionate. Now, there is a small segue that I want to make inside of this as well, and it is the service provider to educator pipeline that is rooted in hating on coaches, uneducated, and industry shit that actually doesn't apply to the things that they're teaching. For those of you who don't know, there is actually something called educational design. And educational design is basically taught so that teachers can teach. And adult learners are very different than children. And how you learn is not the same way how someone else will learn. If you have never been exposed to educational design, you are not teaching in the capacity that you should. But the problem is, is that I see so many service providers start offering educational services as a way because they are an educator at heart. They feel this way. They want to add another stream of revenue. And one, they're shit talking coaches, even though, guess what? If you're educating, you're coaching, y'all. You are coaching. You are still coaching. Even if it is a masterclass, you are coaching and you are teaching and you do not possess the skills because there are tangible skills to coaching. There are tangible skills to education. The other thing is with that is that there is not enough information because you teach from what works for you. You're not teaching from a full spectrum. And part of this multi-passionate thing I'm seeing is that people are taking courses on things like Coursera, Udemy, 
Udacity. All these different places, they're taking this course, they're watering it down. They're not actually using any educational design on how to teach it. They're just taking the course and then just regurgitating the information as a way to be multi-passionate, service pro, and educator. And guess what? There's a whole industry of educational design because you don't know how to educate someone and you also don't know how to coach someone and you shitting on coaches is also shitting on the fact that a lot of us have sat in rooms to learn how to coach to learn how to understand things, and to learn how to present things to adult learners in a way that makes sense. I got really lucky with educational design because, one, I've worked with one of the leading industry leaders, and I worked with her at the start of her business, so I got to help her do it. Two, my mom works in educational design. So when I told my mom I was starting to make courses, she said, here you go. Here's how you're going to do it. Here's how it's going to work. Can you be profitable teaching education, consulting, or those types of things. Yes, but just deciding because you made good money that now you're going to add this on or because you're passionate about something is not a business model. And that is where there is a lot of opportunity cost and sunken costs that I'm seeing. Opportunity cost is simple in economics. By choosing one thing, it's a cost. By saying you're going to do this, you're shorting out on something else. But what I don't see talked about is the sunken cost of one, doing all these things and then changing your mind because time is a non-renewable resource, and two, the fact that most of the time you're having to recreate and do it. So what are my final notes around this and are you going to flock to the DMs and hate on me? You might, and I might not reply because I don't have to. Fun fact, if you want to hate someone on social media, they don't have to reply to you. They don't have to talk to you and don't get shocked when they block you. Like, there's a lot of social etiquette that I feel like is lacking in our new space. But my final thoughts are, one, you are multi-passionate because you're a human. Doesn't mean that you need to monetize everything and anything. And if you are someone who is constantly switching niches and offers and those types of things, there's a reason why you're not making money and it is a consistency thing. Two, if you are a service provider who is now offering education because you took a course in Coursera or because you're teaching from what you know, please just hire an educational design specialist. Take the 20 some hours over time and learn it because it is really powerful and there are people who teach it. And while that may be your pipeline to be adding more revenue, there can be a lot of harm caused by one, you handpicking and watering down a course that somebody else who has done the time and research teach it and it can be intellectual property theft to be honest with you and two shitting on coaches all the time to then offer educational sources is kind of like that ex-boyfriend who you say oh he's so terrible and then you break up with him And not realizing that, hey, coaching is a massive industry outside of the online space. And there are a lot of people who actually pay money to learn this. There's a lot of skill in it. And what I want to wrap up on is if you're someone who doesn't feel lit up by your business, there's nothing wrong with you. That is just how business goes. There are days where I sit here and I'm like, "Mm, I love my job. There are also days that I sit here where I'm like, "Mm, just a normal day. There are also bad days. Your business is not designed to make you happy. Your business is not supposed to be your full sense of fulfillment. And if you were someone who you have struggled because you're not multi-passionate, it's not that you're not multi-passionate. It's that you are getting into rhythmic and routine and it is familiar. And that depth of expertise will always pay off in the long run. 
I want to know your thoughts. Unless you're a hater, you can always send me a DM on Instagram and I'll talk to you later. Bye.